This is the Mount Carmel Bible College and Theological Seminary located in New York. This is Bishop Dr. Wayne Spence. For prayer requests or questions, please text us at 516-757-9274. Or you may email me at Bible one at gmail.com. Or visit us on the website at www.mtcarmelfullgospel.net forward slash Bible College. Join us on Zoom every Wednesday evenings from 7 p.m. for prayer and Bible study on Zoom. Sunday school, Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. and again 11.30 a.m. for worship. Check our website for all upcoming spring classes. As we have left Revelation chapters 14 and now begins to enter into Revelation chapter 15, We have been listening to Revelation from chapters 1 through chapters 14 already. And just in case you thought the worst was over, take a deep breath because the worst is yet to come. Revelation 15 is a proprietary portion of scripture. Its eight verses serves as an introduction to the seven bold judgments described in chapter 16. The seven seals are now opened. The seven trumpets has blasted. And now comes the seven bowls of wrath to pour out on the wicked earth. These are the last and most intense and devastating of any of the judgments so far, because the purpose of the great tribulation judgment is to give Satan his final opportunity and then to render the logical consequences. In his marvelous and infinite grace, God will remove the church, praise God, before the time of the tribulation. If we are willing to accept his grace, then you can escape this horrific conclusion. But even the church needs to know what the unsaved will go through. And in this sobering reality, make us all the more zealous to become witnesses of Jesus Christ today. In this brief interlude, before the angels begin to pour out their bowls of God's wrath, ending the tribulation period, John takes us with him into heaven where we see another sign, a dress rehearsal of the last act of man's day on earth. These extra details that John shares with us, starting with Revelation 12, retraces the events with the added details now. Like Genesis chapter 1 is the summary of creation, and Genesis chapter 2 gives us the detail. The gospel also gives similar account of Jesus' life and his ministry, but all from a different perspective. And so as we enter Revelation 15, verse 1, the Bible says, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up with the wrath of God. The sign John now sees in heaven is a jaw-dropping, inspiring sign. Seven angels, possibly the seven angels are messengers of the seven churches. That is mentioned in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. They now are about to pour out the final seven plagues upon the earth. This is the completion, beloved, of God's judgment when his wrath is unleashed against a rebellious mankind. All those that have rejected the word of God, 
all those that have refused to hear his voice when he called, come to me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. God's wrath now at its zenith and completely expressed marks the final judgment. He has been slow to anger, but here ends his long suffering. Judgment in the final stages of the day of wrath comes from God, not from Satan antics, who has been trying to take over and dominate the world through the wild beast. Judgment is coming from the throne of God. God is now making a final display of his wrath and brings earth's sordid tragedy of sin to its conclusion. In Revelation chapter 15 and 2, the Bible said, And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. Watching all of this from a heavenly perspective are those who gave their lives in the tribulation hour. They're standing now on a sea of glass mingled with fire, a picture of the beast persecution. No one could have made it through this tribulation without God protective seal. These tribulation saints have laid down their lives for Jesus Christ and were faithful to him until death. These tribulation saints came through the fires of persecution on the earth and yet have not lost their song. I've explained in Revelation chapter 4 verse 6 that the sea of glass speaks of tranquility. It is calm and it is stable and it testifies of how they overcome. Number one, the church at rest. Number two, God's living word. Solomon's temple contained a sea of glass showing the word of God as a means of sanctification. Notice that the sea of glass in our text is mixed with fire. This then is a beautiful picture of believers standing firmly for Christ under the test of fire having their feet planted steadfastly on the word of God. The apostle Peter speaks of this matter when he says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth though it be tried with fire, may be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So there is no doubt whatsoever that the tribulation saints enjoy victory over the beast over his image, over his mark, and the number of his name, which is the number 666. They overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They died for the name of Jesus Christ and have become conquerors now over hell, over death, and over the grave. Beloved, if they had remained alive by accepting the beast and his number, they would have been losers in the end. Instead, now they are victorious because to die in Christ is gain according to Philippians chapter 1 verse 21. This is why they stand upon the sea of glass a picture of the word of God and are also serenaded and soothed by heavenly harpists. Jesus Christ, the king of the nations, will be universally worshipped. There will be no place he will not be worshipped. Even those in hell will have to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is supreme. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ has full authority. That he is the one now running the universe. 
and it belongs to him and Satan's reign as God of this world and prince of the air is over. They will acknowledge the truth of the glory of God. Revelation 15, 3 and 4. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works. Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways. Thou King of saints, who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. This group, saved out of the tribulation, sings the song of Moses. The meaning then is back in Exodus chapter 14. Moses and his people were being hotly pursued by Pharaoh and his armies. Finally, the Israelites arrived at the Red Sea. It is there that God parted the waters so that the people could cross over on dry land. As Pharaoh's military geniuses followed, the water closed in upon them and they all died. The Israelites realizing the protection of God on their behalf in sparing them from the Egyptian ruler, which is a type of the Antichrist, began to sing a song of worship, praise, and admiration to Jehovah. In Exodus chapter 15 and 1, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spoke, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. But now notice that centuries later, the redeemed Israelites who through death have left their tribulation miseries behind began singing the song of Moses and the Lamb. This does not mean they use the same lyrics, beloved, as the people of Moses' day, but rather they identified with Moses, who was the great leader of Israel. They belonged to Moses nationally and to the Lord Jesus Christ spiritually, for their song is also about the Lamb of God. The words are great and marvelous are thy works. Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, the King of saints. Verse 4 reflects the attribute of the King of the nations during the millennium. Then he is revered because the world fears and glorify his name. Also, in homage and respect to his holiness and to his mighty acts of judgment and subjugation, all nations come to worship in his presence. This is in harmony with Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. And the Bible said, And it shall come to pass in the last days, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills. And all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come he, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his path. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Zechariah agreed with this in chapter 14, verse 6 and 17, and says this, And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. And it shall be that whoso will not come up of the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even unto them shall be no rain. Revelation chapter 15 and 5. 
And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open. The ark of the testimony was kept in the temple or the tabernacle of Moses. It was concealed from the eyes of the people. Its mysteries were beyond them. That day is now finally over. The way of the Holy of Holies is now open to all, including the tribulation saints. Now they may view his workings because they have access to his abiding place. Revelation chapter 15 and 6. And the seven angels came out of the temple having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. The sight of the seven angels coming out of the temple is breathtaking and frightening. In the early tabernacle and in the early temple, the high priest could go in but once each year and then only after a rigid ceremonial standard had been observed. The angels here, however, have been admitted because they are created beings of holiness to administer the upcoming bowls of judgment. The pure and white linen and golden girdles worn by these angels are the same items of clothing worn by the Old Testament priests. In other words, these are angels who are now acting as priests which are about to pour out God's judgment upon the world from the place where God's law rests the most holy place. This judgment is necessary because mankind has desecrated and rejected God's law globally. The fact that there are seven angels, the number of perfection and completeness, proves that no stone will be left unturned as they execute their seven judgments upon this planet. So as they leave the temple, they're giving their seven bowl of judgment leaving that work of mercy for plagues of judgment. Yearly, a priest would carry a gold bowl of blood into the most holy place as a symbol of redemption for sin. But with the gift rejected, now sin must be judged. God's act in justice and the wrath of the Lamb will startle the world. If you think from Revelation chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 14 is the worst there is, well, stay tuned for Revelation chapter 16, chapter 17, chapter 18, and so forth. The worst is yet to come. Revelation chapter 15, verse 7 and 8. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden veils full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. In concluding this chapter, verse 8 conclusively proved that the temple area is sealed to the angels and men during the final 42 months of the tribulation hour. Somebody asked me the question recently, so Bishop, are you saying that once a person received the mark of the beast, there's no going back? And I answered them with a resounding no. Once you decide to take his name or the number of his name, once it's inscribed on you, you have now rejected the gift of God, the Son of God, the Word of God, and your identity has now been lined up with Satan. And so we find that God's throne, which symbolizes mercy and love, is now shut to the public until the period of judgment ends. This, of course, is during the outpouring of the seven bowls 
of unprecedented judgment upon the world. Then God's judgment, when it is completed, men once again will be able to approach the mercy seat. Until that time, everything is dark because of the smoke which fills the temple. Our Old Testament prophets often talk about the cup of iniquity and wrath filling up and spoke of God's patience in waiting for it to fill up. Now then, when it is full, God now moves to judgment. And so as we approach Revelation chapter 16, I want you to know that time will have come. I want you to know that this is simply a warning for those of us that are still here. Those that are procrastinating. Those that are wavering between two opinions. Those who have not made up their mind yet what they want to do or who they want to serve. Those of us that have gotten involved in all these interfaith and all these non-denominational. Those of us that will not choose a side. I want you to know we are to choose this day whom we'll serve. If God be God. And you prove him to be God, serve him. I want you to stop looking for church buildings and looking for church social gathering and begin to look to Jesus Christ. When we go looking, look for where the word is. Look for those that are preaching the full gospel. Don't look for those that exclude the Old Testament and only preach the New Testament. And don't look for those that do not embrace the New Testament and only preach the Old Testament. Look for the full gospel. Jesus Christ said, Lo, I come into the volume of the book. It is written of me. There is no way for you to understand what is going to happen unless you know how we got here. There has to be a beginning in order for there to be an end. For those that are thinking about the fact that when a man dies, he ceases to exist. For those that are thinking about when a man dies, he lays in the grave until the next judgment. For those that are thinking about the second coming and forgot about the rapture, we, we need to get this right. We need to look in the book. We need to get an understanding. The Bible said, let him that have an ear hear what the Spirit says to the church. Beloved, make your decision. Make your election sure. We don't know if we're going to live or die. But in the event that we live, we don't know when God is going to send for the church. But in the event you miss when he sends for the church because we're hard-hearted. We are stiff-necked. We are stubborn and rebellious. We're blaming everybody for our condition. Hear me today. Make your decision. Make your choice. God bless you. Heaven smile upon you.